first sex has been proven to produce higher orders of alpha waves during digitized transference of sexual energy. All right, Oxley, what do you say we just do it the old-fashioned way? Oh, disgusting. You mean fluid transfer? I mean bony, the, the wild mambo, the, the hunk of chunk. It is no longer done. The exchange of bodily fluids, do you know what that leads to? Yeah, I do. Kids smoking, a desire to raid the fridge. The rampant exchange of bodily fluids was one of the major reasons for the downfall of society. After AIDS, there was NRS. After NRS, there was UBT. And one of the first things that Dr. Cocteau was able to do was to outlaw and behaviorally engineer all fluid transfer out of societally acceptable behavior. Not even, not even mouth transfer is condoned. Kissing not allowed. They must be kissing. Oh. All right, what about kids? Procreation? Yeah. We go to a lab. Fluids are purified, screened, and, and transferred by authorized medical personnel only. It is the only legal way. What are you doing? Breaking the law. Did you ever think you'd live to see the day where a movie made back in the 1990s actually makes sense? It's a sad day. It's a little unnerving, isn't it? I mean, the whole it thing is. is... The whole thing just gets stranger and stranger each and every day. That's why we say, do not resuscitate. Nope. Just let me go. <laughs> I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And uh, welcome back, folks. It's good to talk to you again. I feel like the only thing we've been talking about for... I don't know how At least long four it's been. Is, is COVID. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. This is getting old, but it just keeps getting stranger. And every time you think there's no way that this can get any weirder, it gets weirder. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's dumbfounding in some ways. <laughs> A sheriff. And I don't even know where this was. I read it this morning. A sheriff decided that some girl. Let's see. Where is this? Amaya Cahoon in Wisconsin, took a spring break to Florida in March, returned on March 15th because of concerns about the virus. A few days later, she started to feel sick, taken to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. She posted three messages on Instagram about her situation, one saying she wouldn't be back for a while because she had the coronavirus, one saying she might have to stay in the ER, and one with her wearing an oxygen mask. Translation, she had a diagnosis from the doctor that she had the coronavirus. Okay. Okay. On March 27th, her family got a visit from the police. And not just a welfare check. Sergeant Cameron Klump. See, I I know that this story, there's so much in this story that doesn't, I mean, it just seems crazy, but then (laughs) Cameron Klump, who the hell would name their kid Cameron Klump? But they did. He visited the girl's home and told her father that Sheriff Joseph Conrath had told him to get the latest Instagram post deleted or, quote, start taking people to jail. Hmm. Said the family could be cited for disorderly conduct as well. Told the sheriff, he told the dad, Klump told the dad, that the sheriff wanted the post removed because there were, quote, no confirmed coronavirus cases in the county at the time. And he was acting in part on a complaint from school authorities, according to a lawsuit that's been filed. I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 yeah, 
So it started off with the school that no one is in school right now. So who's monitoring Instagram? Well, I, a school officials apparently in Wisconsin, which is where the real Americans live. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, no, I didn't. The, okay. So stay with me here. Cause I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. Okay. Right. The kid goes to Florida in March. Uh, on a school spring break trip that is apparently sanctioned, a school band trip. So it's apparently sanctioned by the school. They get there. There's concerns about the coronavirus there in Florida. So they decide to cut the trip short. They go home. Check. Check. She gets sick, ends up in the ER, the hospital, and is apparently diagnosed with the coronavirus. As young people are wont to do, she gets on social media, specifically Instagram. I don't know if you knew this or not. I'm told that people under 30 use Instagram, people over 30 use Facebook. Yes, I'm kind of aware of that. Okay. I wasn't until uh, last week, <laughs> but, but I learned <laughs> that. I didn't know. I, apparently, I'm, uh, apparently, Facebook is for the geezers. So, it is. Yeah, there was a max exodus, exodus a little while ago from the, the young. They went to someplace else. They went to Instagram, Facebook. which is owned by Facebook. What? They went to Instagram, and there's other ones that they do. TikTok is another one. TikTok is owned by the Chinese. Yep. It's a Chinese spy app. Right? Uh, I, I can't confirm that. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked into it, honestly. Well, I, I have, and I'm telling you, it's a Chinese spy app. Okay, well, anyway, I trust you. They go to Instagram, which is Facebook Junior. It's like Facebook yeah. for kids. She posts three pictures of herself being treated, and the School, the school goes bananas about this. The sheriff wants her post removed. The sheriff wants her post removed because, quote, there are no confirmed cases in our county. And if you start running your yap and posting this stuff, then all of a sudden there will be a confirmed case in our county, right? Yes. Am I am I missing something somewhere there? Uh, so what's yeah? What what is the modus of the the sheriff? And the authorities, so that they cannot have the the number increase from zero. Yeah, because that would be an infinity increase, right? <laughs> we, we went from zero to one. <laughs> it's off the scale, right? That's ridiculous, though. Well, it's math, but well, no, not that. It's just ridiculous oh. that the the sheriff had the gall to go to the right. <laughs> well, and this was early on. This was March twenty seventh. So we're just now learning about this. You know, midway through little past midway through April now because yeah. the lawsuit being filed. Sure. In, in what universe? I mean, listen, I spent a lot of time, 12 years in the conservative talk radio biz as it were. And let me tell you something, Rod, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you know, the sheriff is the only elected law official in the land. They're the only ones that are publicly elected. They're not appointed. Yes. And because of that, they have, certain constitutional duties and you know people like sheriff mac and the idiot down in arizona what was that guy's name apayu apayu yeah you know that they're in in the conservative talk radio world those people are like there's god and then jesus and then sheriff Apayu and sheriff mac yeah. right they're right up there with them and now what we're seeing is sheriffs at least one and and we got reports of others doing insane things 
what sheriff says to himself, <laughs> go take down an Instagram post. I, I don't know how they make that jump. Uh, what's going through their head that they think that it's okay to abridge someone's fourth amendment or first amendment, sorry. Well, and basically say, no, you've got to remove that information you posted freely on the web. Right. And if it was just this one guy, you'd kind of go, yeah, idiot, alarm, moron, he's going to lose the lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. But by far and away, this guy is not the only idiot in the planet right now, is he? I mean, it's bizarre to see the stuff that's going on. And I don't even know, man, I don't some of these people, the, 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 the governor in Michigan who, you know, yeah. I mean, let's face it, I don't live in Michigan. I got a good friend that lives in Michigan, and it's pretty funny to kind of watch and follow along here. Even if you believe that you have the authority and legal basis to do these things, why would you go out front and say incredibly stupid things like what she's doing? That's the part I don't get. How do you get to these positions by being that stupid? I don't know. Is there term limits right now for her? Is she out after she's done? I mean, maybe she has nothing to lose. I don't live in Michigan, so I mean, no, she I don't in Michigan, she doesn't have anything to lose either. I mean, what are you going to do? Go back to Detroit? Yeah. No, <laughs> not Detroit. <laughs> That's a reference to a really old movie, people. And if you haven't seen it, watch that one. God, I should have dug that clip up, shouldn't I have? Yeah. <laughs> we need total concentration. Anyway, this is what we do. We get distracted from things. We do. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. I'm getting, this whole thing is getting so weird. You sent me the story a few minutes ago that yeah. was all over the Facebook thing about the, the, the chief petty officer standing in the ocean, which, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I look at that story and I just sort of go, people say, Dave, what do you think of this? I, I think. Sorry, I almost said a bad word. And we try not to say bad words there. It's really weird. I mean, the guy is standing in the ocean in his uniform, right? To protest. The yeah, he's a retired officer, isn't he? He's a retired chief. So E70, E89, somewhere in there. And he's protesting the fact that the beaches are closed, right? But the beaches yes. are opening later in the same day. And everybody knew that they were going to open. They announced it like two days ago that the beaches were going to open up again. So I guess the chief, which is not all that unusual, didn't get the memo about the fact that the beaches were going to be opened up anyway and really didn't need to get in his uniform, his dress uniform, and go stand in the freaking ocean. Yeah. But everybody's applauding this. I thought it was funny. It is funny, but I mean, <laughs> at the same time, where's... What are we applauding for? I don't get it. It's it's the civil disobedience, I guess. Which I'm all in favor of. I'm believe me, yeah. I'm fine with civil disobedience. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't understand what I'm not making the connection for is the beaches were already going to be opened. The chief puts on his uniform, goes stands in the water with a sign that says "Live free, die whatever." You know, yeah, land of the free. Live land of the free, and. 
somehow or another, he's being congratulated for getting the beaches opened up, which we're already going to open. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know this sounds weird, but I do listen to talk radio in Florida, so I know these things. I know that the beaches were already sure. going to be opened. Not that I care. And at the same time, I'm pop science, somebody, I don't know. There's an article about, you know, coronavirus can't survive in, in heat. Okay. Right? I mean, that yeah. sun is, is bad for the coronaviruses. And <laughs> why wouldn't we open the beach? Why wouldn't everybody be going to the beach? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I, it's, this whole thing has become just mind-bottlingly crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's more than just crazy because even the professionals, the doctors, you know, wants, you know, suggest that masks might help prevent the spread. It's mainly for if you already have it to prevent the spread for others. But if you don't have it, wearing a mask is going to help you unless it's one of those M95 masks, which we're trying to reserve for all the healthcare professionals. Right. Well, uh, the good news is my company came out with a memo. I'm not working this weekend because Cami is, so I can't work. But they came out with a memo this morning. All hands will wear all hands. All yeah. employees. <laughs> sorry, I'm ex-Navy. Get, you get used to it. The, uh, all, all employees will now wear masks all the time while you're at work. Yeah. Oh, and rubber, and rubber gloves, which we will provide you with one pair of. Just one? Per day? Apparently. Or just by, one. The way, by the way, don't forget to gel every time you make a delivery. <laughs> and after you make a delivery. <laughs> well, some of that's liability reasons, right? I get I it. Mean, I mean... <laughs> but, yeah, what... You know, I mean, okay, I get it's liability, but you ordered damn groceries, right? Yeah. Are you... A few years ago... New Hampshire, you know, the land of the land of the free home of the brave. New Hampshire has that live free or die motto. Yes. And we got into this discussion about freedom comes with risks. I mean, you you accept risks, right? You you, you yeah. say to yourself, okay, there's a certain Every amount day. of risk. Ben's going to ride his bicycle. He loves to ride his bicycle, but let's face it, there are some stupid drivers out there that might not see him. Yeah. Do I say, nope, you cannot ride the bicycle? Or do I accept the risk? You accept the risk. I accept the risk. I accept the risk of driving to work. I accept the risk of living on the planet Earth, which is 100% guaranteed to be struck by an asteroid at some point in the future. Yes. I just kind of accept the risk that it's not going to be today. So I accept the risk. We're all going to die anyway, Dave. <laughs> so that's the other part. Okay, Vanessa. <laughs> We're all going to die. Nothing you can do about it. It's inevitable. Oh, Lord. So I sit here and I just, I, there's a part of me, Rod, you know, we, we've we been talking a lot about binge watching and I've been doing some binge watching, but I, I'm trying to find stuff that I've never seen before, right? I'm, it's weird, sure. but I'm trying to. So I found a show this week that I'd never seen before. It's a documentary called Watergate and it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, it's free, but. It's a six-part six part recounting of the Watergate scandal. And it is, to someone like me who lived through it, absolutely fascinating. Okay? Really? I, I lived through it. I've gone on to become a constitutional junkie, as you know. And this thing is fascinating. And what's most fascinating about this is there's a, there's a point in here where Henry Kissinger is talking to Nixon. 
and they're complaining about the way one of the witnesses has been, I don't know what the word for it is, compelled, ramrodded, tricked, flam, flim-flammed into, <laughs> into testifying. And Kissinger says, well, where are the civil libertarians on this? The court using its power to hammer a witness to get them to talk about something, you know, it, it, it's a fascinating thing. And the more you look at Watergate, the more you realize that there were a lot of things done. Now, I'm not, I'm, don't misunderstand me. I'm not in no way, shape, or form excusing Richard Nixon, who, despite his, despite his uh, proclamation, was, in fact, a crook. Okay? Yeah. But <laughs> some of the things they had to do went outside the boundaries of what we would call normal constitutional legal procedures. Okay? At one point, a sitting Supreme Court justice, a sitting Supreme Court justice, had lunch, those of you who can't see this, I'm doing the air quote thing here, with one of the congressional investigators, one of the congressional staff investigators. Oh, there's no conflict of interest at all there. And accidentally or intentionally or as a complete aside, it made sure that the congressional staffer understood that there was no way the Supreme Court was going to side with Congress on congressional subpoenas against the president, because that would violate the Separation of Powers Act and executive privilege. Okay? Okay. So, what about a criminal subpoena about the other guys, you know, the... The, yeah. the, the conspirators. Well, you know that's, that's, game. that's a criminal matter, not a not a constitutional, not a not a separation yeah. of powers issue. That's a sitting Supreme Court justice talking to. This is the kind of thing that went on on both sides to try to nail a president who was clearly a criminal. Okay. Yeah. I look at what's going on today, and look, I'm the first one to argue. I did a whole show on this a couple of weeks back about the constitutional limits on states' powers under declarations of emergencies. I believe, and I stand by what I said in that, that the, the, the declaration of emergency gives states under the 10th Amendment and the 14th Amendment and Article One more powers than they knew they had, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Which is why I say it's funny because Republicans have become Keynesian economics yes. professors, and liberals have become federalists all of a sudden <laughs> because they've discovered, oh, crap, all we got to do is declare an emergency and we can do this? Well, damn, here's yeah. an emergency. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. And it's like, that's where this stuff comes in, where we get sheriffs who are saying, you have to take that down. Yeah. Well, what about my First Amendment? Well, it's an emergency. Your First Amendment can be suspended in the public good? That, that's a, as far as that post goes, how they, they're going to have to prove that that's for the public good. But it's an emergency, Rod. This is what the court ruled back in 1905. Uh, we this need another court ruling, ruling to kind of clean this up a little bit, I think. Uh, do you think the Supreme Court is really willing to take this on right now? Not right now, no. And even if they did take it on right now, what's the argument? Well, 
millions, Rod, millions of Americans are going to get sick and possibly die versus this little girl's right to post on Instagram. Yeah, possibly. Or your right to post on that. Yeah. Which brings me to my question, which is, and, and this is the same question I asked then, but now I ask it even more substantially. When is this coronavirus thing going to be over? Yeah, yeah they don't have. They're starting to come with a plan, right? The whole West Coast, all the governors are palling together to come up with a with a plan. Right. To, to reopen. What? I don't know what it is. No. Yeah, I, I get that. The Trump said that he was going to, he's in charge. And then he backed off of that when he realized he's not and said, well, the governors are in charge. This is back to this federalism thing again. When does this emergency end? Not when do we reopen the the economy and people go back to work. When does the emergency declaration end? When is coronavirus no longer an existential threat to the American way of life and the American lives in general? Well, you can't trust the politicians to come up with that answer. And right now, I don't think the medical establishment has any kind of consensus on what's going on yet. Well, even if they had a consensus, do they have, um, do they have a, this is a, goes back to the Watergate thing. Are they believable? I mean, yeah. for weeks, they've been telling us that millions of people were going to die worldwide. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I, I'm not minimizing the credibility. Death. Right. I'm not minimizing the deaths that have happened, but. Are we anywhere near that? No. For God's sakes, we're to the point now where we're labeling everybody who dies a coronavirus death just about. Well, and they don't even know. They suspected that it's been, like in California, that it's been here earlier. And and even the the Stanford study that recently just wrapped up uh, came out and said that Basically, the the numbers are wrong for Santa Clara County, that there was a larger number of people had been infected uh, than what they had projected, which also means that the, the, the whole all the rates and all everything is off as far as what, what the public sees. Right. And I agree. I, I agree. I think it was here much earlier than people want to yes. get into. But information with this thing is so. Mm. So, so flimsy and subject to change. And depending on your political leanings is where you get your information from. And even that's dangerous. I was reading a conservative, a a well-known conservative bloggist the other day. He was talking about the Wuhan wet market being a mere 300 yards from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Right. (laughs) Trying to make the case that the Institute of Virology caused this. So, you know me, right? If there's anything I love, you know, right up there with my wife and my kid, it's Google Earth. Yeah. I I have traveled the world via Google Earth. So, I went and looked, right? Yeah. I went and looked at where the wet market was versus where the virology. And let me assure you, not only are they not 300 yards away, but there's a river between them. Okay. Okay. A river runs through it. A river runs through it. So... You know, it, it's little things like that. And you can make the go up. Well, Dave, that's not really his point. His point was the Institute of Virology could release this thing. And, and he was just being obtuse and saying it was 300 yards away. But why say that then if it's not true? Yeah. And if I can't believe that about you, what else can I believe about somebody else? You see what I'm driving at? And this is the same thing with yeah. Watergate. 
okay, Howard Dean, you know, testifies. The president said this, 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 then this, and this on this date. But really, all you got is his word against everybody else's word. Yeah. Nixon's word. Until <laughs> there's a taping, there's a tape of this. Yeah. <laughs> Up until that point, everything was about, well, can we really believe Dean? Can we really trust him? I mean, <laughs> and all of a sudden, hmm. You know, who are you going to believe? James, Dean, I keep saying James Dean, but John Dean and, or, or the president. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa. There's a tape system. In this? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, it's only 300 yards away, Dave. Well, not according to this map. According to this map, it's, you know, well over a mile away and there's a river between them. Yeah. Why should I listen to you anymore? I don't know, man. I'm, I guess it depends on how you define a yard. <laughs> <laughs> 300 leagues, maybe, or 300 maybe. Ah, that's some good coffee, finally. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, and, and it's that way with everything. I don't know who to believe. I, if yeah. I believe all the Facebook experts, then one thing. If I believe something else, then who knows? And I, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a science guy. I like to think of myself as somebody who's dispassionate and, and reads as much as I can to get where I'm going, but some yeah. dates I'm wondering. Well, you know, I try to do something similar. I mean, I'm not as studious as you, but I do try and read and make sure that I, uh, I, I read whenever I read an article, I read the sources. So I've been hurting for information on this too, as far as, you know, which medical uh, expert do you believe? Um, what statistics do you believe? And so it's just, it's been so hard because it's all over the map and it, and you're right. It is depending upon which side of the aisle basically as uh, the news source mm-hmm. that you're getting it from. Yeah. Cause if you're on the right, you believe that hydrochloroquine yeah. is, is, you know, from, from a, a drug from heaven. And if you're on the left, you believe that it's, it's, you know, demonically possessed and it's going to kill everybody. Yeah. And the reality is it's somewhere in between all that, yeah. but nobody's willing to accept that. And you can't, if you're on the left, you can't say, well, maybe it does work because then the Trump would be right. And you can't have that. And if you're on yeah. the right and it, you can't say, well, maybe it doesn't work because then the mainstream media is right. And God knows we can't have that. <sighs> I don't know. I just, I'm wondering when this whole thing, not not in the sense of coronavirus, COVID-19. COVID-19's here forever, folks. I'm just going to go sure. out on a limb and tell you, you're going to have cases of this for the rest of your life. But when does the emergency end? Yeah. And we've got to get the herd immunity going. You've got to get back out there. You've got to get, I mean, we already have some of that. But No, Rod, you hate people. You hate the world. You want people to die. You must want people to die because clearly you wouldn't do this otherwise. Yeah. That that's exactly right. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm just a realist. You know, it's we're not gonna. We're always gonna be in our house if we can't get the herd, herd immunity going. We're always gonna be stuck at home. Yeah. Somebody hit me with this one. Well, Dave, how many lives is a dollar worth? What? what the heck? Yeah, because because if you go out, you're putting people at risk all for a dollar. Well, you can't prove that I'm putting people at risk because there's no flipping test to I mean, tell me that I've had it. Okay. I mean, even if we take that argument, even if we say, okay, you're right, then we're doing this wrong, aren't we? Yeah. Because 
we have this whole thing about, well, they get the essential businesses open. Stay home, but please get takeout from your restaurant. Yeah. What? Stay home, but support these these businesses that are open. What businesses yeah. are that are open? Well, you know, I, I don't mean to be rude, mean, or anything like that, but some of these businesses that are open are completely unnecessary in the in the big essentiality scheme of things. Do we really need takeout restaurants to survive? Uh, I, I you know, not to survive. I mean, if it came down to survival, right. no. Isn't this an existential threat, Rob? Isn't this going to kill everybody? Don't we absolutely have to stay, we, we can flatten the curve, essential only, only go out if it's necessary. But please order from Olive Garden. I'd be happy if they just removed the emotion from the argument. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's the problem. The golf course is off limits because... I don't know. You, know. you might you might sneeze on somebody on the golf course. But the beach is now open. Yeah. The, it's, it, it depends on where you're at, right? It depend, depends on the, the vicinity and, and the local, the local uh, government as to whether or not they're going to open or close this stuff down or sheriffs with the name of, was it Chubbs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clomper or whatever. Clomp. No, that was the diction. That was the. So the churches are closed. Churches, houses, worship closed. Thou shalt not. But yeah. the Walmart is open. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know about me, but I, I've been to church once in a while. I've seen a lot more people in Walmart than I've ever seen in church. And I work at a grocery store. I'm telling you, there's a whole, whole, whole lot more people there than there ever were on a went, Sunday. I just went out today. There was a lot of people out and about in the stores. We're the doing, majority of them not wearing masks. Right. And if the argument is how many lives are worth a dollar, then we're doing this totally wrong. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. To, <laughs> I, how do you say that to people? Well, <laughs> what's an essential service and what is an essential service? And then, you know, you got the Democrats last week where I went to work on Thursday. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. My week, my—I don't even know what day it is half the time anymore. But it's anyway. All everybody there is all excited. All the drivers are like, yeah, yeah. All the grocery shoppers are, you know, why? Because they heard that there's going to be a twenty-five thousand dollar bonus reward for essential yeah. employees. I'm like, well, time out. Yeah. Because I'm me, so I get on the I get on the telephone and I start googling this. What's going on here? And of course, it's just a proposal made by some, let's just call it, very union friendly Democrats. Okay. And it hasn't been hasn't gone through committee. It has. There's no actual written anything for this. It's just a proposal. It's just a, it's just a trial balloon. Sure. Okay. All right. If somebody handed me twenty five k for being an essential employee, would I take it? Well, of course I would, because yeah. everybody would. Do I think this is going to fly? No. No. Because who's an essential employee right now? Why am I an essential well, employee, no. but my next door neighbor who sells insurance isn't? The question is, who isn't an essential employee right now? Bingo. Teachers are not fewer of those. <laughs> Teachers aren't at work. Yeah. Are they essential? 
Do you really think the teachers unions are going to go, yeah, we're not essential. We shouldn't get a $25,000 bonus. Oh yeah. They'll tie it up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> everybody in the, why don't they just, why don't you just hand everybody in the country? $25,000 said Michael Bloomberg <laughs> or Andrew Yang. I mean, and again, we're doing all this because it's, it's an emergency, right? We're doing all this because like Watergate, we're outside of the, the, the constitutional bounds and nobody's really sure what nebulous area we're really in. And <laughs> maybe this will work. Maybe it won't work. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can't. Who's going to object? Because if we don't do this, Rod, people are going to die. <laughs> In case you didn't, you didn't see that, but he was pointing at me. <laughs> right. In the camera. I was putting my finger right in the camera. 3D. Which you won't get to see because we don't do this as a video. We do this as no. an actual podcast. But anyway, it, this whole mentality of this emergency thing bothers me because, number one, nobody has any clue when the coronavirus emergency is not going to be an emergency anymore. Is it when the curve's flat? Is it when the disease is eradicated? Is it when we have a vaccine? When is it? Well, they don't know. And actually, what's more frightening besides that is that what politicians have now learned. Oh, the emergency powers. Yeah. Ooh, so the next thing that comes around, oh, my gosh, let's declare an emergency. Get that Instagram post down now. Well, and see, that's where I was going with it. It's the same question I asked on my show a few weeks ago, but, but, but now it's even more poignant. What is the next emergency? And that's yeah. why I played that little clip there from the beginning, from the official movie of the Dave and John show, uh, Demolition Man, where yeah. she's talking about, you know, they outlawed sex in the future. Okay. If you haven't seen the movie, don't worry about it. But anyway, and the reason they outlawed sex is because, well, today we had this problem, you know, this, the, the rampant exchange of bodily fluids led to, to AIDS, which led to SARS, which led to UTC or whatever it was and blah, blah, blah. And she had this whole list of things that it led to. And so they just banned sex, right? Yeah. Under the emergency powers. Well, what's next? What happens next year when influenza starts killing 60, 70, 100,000 people? Do we declare an influenza emergency? I don't know. Well, now that they've got the taste for this, they could. That's the problem is if you're a local official and... You know that you can get something done by declaring an emergency that you can't get done otherwise. Well, we only lost, you know, 40, 50,000 people with COVID. But we've lost 100,000 with influenza. Let's declare an emergency. Yeah. Okay. And while that's, you know, okay, everybody kind of looks at that and goes, hey, we've been losing 100,000 people to influenza every year for the last, yeah. since there was humanity. Okay. Let's Hence talk about, the flu shot. Right. Let's talk about some of these other things that people have said we have an emergency about, right? Yeah. What about, now you're from California, you're in California. What about cancer-causing agents? Oh, yeah, that could be an emergency. Pretty much everything has to have a label on it nowadays. Prop 65. You have to have warning labels on warning labels because the warning labels might contain inks that could cause cancer. Right? Yep. So what happens if... Cancer is declared a, a public emergency. I mean, it's killed more people than COVID ever will. Yeah. What about, uh, this is, this is a hits home, but you know, you, every medical journal in the country right now, I guarantee you has an article about it. What about obesity? Oh yeah. American obesity. Americans are obese. 
Marriage diabetes. Fat. Diabetes is costing us millions. It's an emergency. It's it's a it's an existential problem for Americans. We need emergency powers to deal with obesity. And if we can tell you to take down your Facebook page, your your Facebook Instagram posts, or tell you that you have to stay home, how far is it before we're telling people what they can and can't eat? Yeah, they're just body shaming, by the way. <laughs> well, look, speaking of someone who is uh, Titanic myself, uh, and having been Titanic and Svelte and Titanic and Svelte and Titanic and Svelte and back and forth through my whole life, I, you know, look, there's a certain element to that. I'm not one of these people that buys into the argument that it's because my dad didn't buy me ice cream when I was eight. You know, I was abused as a child. It's because I'm lazy. And in yeah. my case, it's because I have a lot of, you know, broken pieces and parts. I mean, yeah. when I was healthy, I beat my body to crap. So, you know, it, does, it makes a difference. Now, now you're paying for it. God. <laughs> you know, I always tell people, people always play like, you can go back and tell your younger self one thing. What would you tell them? You know what I'd tell myself if I were going back to 18? Stop playing sports. (laughs) Would you have listened? No, because I didn't listen to the people who told me that then. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't have listened. If obesity, what about, uh, what about some other emergency smoking? Smoking is clearly a, 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 the, the, the surgeon general himself through, uh, through the years has said, the single most preventable healthcare hazard in America today, single largest preventable cause of cancer is smoking. Do we have a smoking emergency? Can we declare that in, and tell people what they can and can't do? Uh, clean air, clean air emergencies. Yeah. What about guns? Oh, that that'll be there for certain left-leaning politicians. What about the environment? What about what about global yeah. warming? Yeah. No, really. It's an existential crisis, right? We're all going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die anyway. What if we, if we get on? We're going to die anyway. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's a little unnerving. And like I said, that watching this Watergate thing where they have gotten outside this whole extra constitutional elements of these things where they are really... <clears throat> I mean, they really did some things, and I lived through this, Rod. I don't know how much of it you remember, but I lived. I don't remember this. much. You know, I was I was ten, eleven, right in that time frame, and this was before the age of cable, cable television, before the age of streaming, young kids, before the age of social media, when you had three channels, maybe four if you were lucky, <laughs> when um, you started out unplugged, mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody, usually the youngest kid, had to hold the rabbit ears in the right position. Yeah, And I remember my parents, my mother especially, who was working at home mom at the time, watching these hearings all day. And it's, it was, it was pervasive in the sense that we all knew about it. It was ubiquitous in that it was always the front page in the newspaper every day. It was the subject of cartoons and commentary. Um, one of the clips they show in the show is a Robert Klein who is still a comedian today. I don't know if you know him or not, but he's he's one of those guys that's quasi-funny. He's more known for his writing for shows okay. and the likes of that, but, but he still does stand-up. But he was a stand-up comic back then, talking about you know Richard Nixon breaking yeah. the law. George Carlin got into all that. Doonesbury. I mean, 
I'm a, I'm a, I know this sounds weird, but I'm a Doonesbury guy. I love the cartoon <laughs> Doonesbury. Always have. I, I know people go, how can you like that? You're a conservative. Because number one, it's funny. And number two, he's not as un, uneven handed as people think he is. <laughs> okay. You just got to pay attention to what's going on. But I mean, I have every Doonesbury book there is, and there's probably four of them that are just Watergate. <laughs> you know? My favorite one is the one where the, the two congressmen are sitting there listening to St. Clair, the, 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 the attorney for the, for the president, talk about no impeachable offense. And they're talking to each other, no impeachable offense, no impeachable offense. How can you keep going? No, no stone, no, no parts of the car, Constitution left unshredded, blah, 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 blah. And then they, the, the third frame, they're just sitting there like, <sighs> depressed. And then the guy says, yeah, if you'd just knock over a gas station or something, then we'd have him. <laughs> and I think to myself, how much of that we went through and how much of that we forgot. Yeah. And you, you watch the last two impeachments and you, you think to yourself, it's, it's amazing to me that we've been through this before and we've handled it. <laughs> Well, it was an emergency. It was a constitutional emergency. So the rules, they can be bent a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. And we did. We bent some rules, man. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, is, it worth getting, uh, is it worth getting rid of a crook to do that? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You know, you've got to have some kind of a standard to live by constitution, um, something that that's not quite so malleable. OK, but what if Nixon gets away with it? What if what if the standard is Nixon doesn't get impeached because in order to do it, they had to go outside the bounds of. Of constitutional well, do the ends justify the means i mean is that where is that where we live now people have to know the president's not a crook <laughs> those aren't my words those, that's what dick nixon sure said. so you know i i don't know how i feel about this because clearly president nixon was i mean, I mean he yeah, didn't he care was. about the constitution so why should he care no. that anybody violated the constitution to get him right yeah, well, where does that end, though? I mean, that's the question. Where does it end? It it doesn't. Okay, so next week Jeez, we have an emergency worse. for what? COVID, well, COVID's still going on. People are starting to get resistive of this. Yep, I knew that was going to happen. So what happens when people start marching in the streets, demanding that the economy be reopened? I mean, I'm already doing that. People call me and say, "When are we going to get paid?" I say, hmm, "Call the governor." Yeah, that's my that's my response to stuff, but. When, when this whole thing turns into people marching in the streets, screaming at each other and the likes of that, then what happens with when, when, when the government reacts to it saying, we're just trying to save lives. We're just saving lives. One life isn't worth all this. Well, that's, yeah, that's a false argument right there because there are more driving accident deaths. Why do people then, not get that? Uh, I don't every understand time, that. But Ron, every time you bring that up, and I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but every no. time you bring that up, well, there's more people dying of influenza, every, more people dying of automobile accidents. Every time you bring that up, cancer deaths, whatever, the response is you don't care about the guy. They're not comparable. 
influenza is not COVID. You can't compare the two because by doing so, you're forgetting the curve and you're forgetting this and you're you're just the reaction is like it's, it's an emotional reaction to try and get you off kilter. And it works. Well, it's because no one in the media challenges it. And yet more and more people are starting to more and more citizens are starting to put on their uniforms and stand in the ocean for yes. no apparent reason. But sorry. Still not convinced that guy did anything, but no. but the but the he's being held up as a hero now because he was out there and you weren't, right? Or I wasn't, yeah. and we weren't out there, and so he must have done something then that shook something loose, and so we're holding him up as the hero. And I'm well, wondering if that's the we're right holding thing him right. up as the hero because law enforcement showed up to talk to him, right? But they didn't drag him away. They didn't drag him out of the ocean, so they didn't do anything, right? They didn't want to get wet. Yeah, and, well, and I don't know if he was there until day. the beaches opened. No, he wasn't. You just waited for the cop to leave, and then he came back. Well, I guess they figured he couldn't stay out there forever. Right? Yeah. Sooner or later, the tide's going to come in or go out, so he'll either be dry or drown. So, yeah. Have you seen the one of the jogger on the beach? No, I didn't. So there's a guy in a red shirt jogging on the beach, and these cops try to chase him. And let's just say that the cops, um, what's the word, what's, what's the line in Men in Black? I am half the man you are. Yeah, <laughs> a little, some of these guys are a little soggy in the middle, trying to chase this guy, and he's just jogging, right? And you can see he's got his headphones on. He's just all by himself. There's nobody else out there. Yeah, and this cop is chasing him, and he realizes the cop is chasing him. He kind of looks, and he just books off. He just takes off. Yeah. And you see the cop just <laughs> <laughs> about to have a coronary. And I don't know, I don't know what's the funnier part of that. I don't know if it's the guy. You know, civil disobedience or running from the cop, or if it's the cop, you know, basically collapsing because yeah, <laughs> it's both. <laughs> uh, why do I feel that way? <sighs> I don't know. I do have one question for you about the uh, the Watergate proceedings. Does it still fall in line with the yes, Prime Minister? <laughs> does in it reinforce what you see there? In a lot of ways, it it really does. I mean, Nixon Nixon was a bad a bad guy who the, the tragedy of Richard Nixon is that he did. John Dean was talking to a, a, a guy later on and Ed McCloskey, who might be a name you recognize. He was a Congressman from our old area back in the seventies and eighties during the, during the Watergate and into the eighties and Pete McCloskey, Pete McCloskey is what I, okay. he was a, he's an interesting guy because he was a Republican but he was an anti-war Republican. When I met him in 2000 and I want to say six, he was running for Congress again. And he was running as a Republican. And yet everything he said was Nancy Pelosi 101. And I asked him on the air because I, I wasn't even the show host at that time. Bill was the show host. I asked him on the air, why are you running as a Republican? You'd have a better shot running as a Democrat. Right. I mean, yeah, you are a Democrat. Why are you? It's not that I that doesn't mean anything personal to me. I just yeah. don't understand why. Why you want the Republican Party to be the Democrats. Anyway, he was one of the congressmen who was involved in us. And he was talking to John Dean at the end of this. And he asked him 
you know, what about Nixon? And, and Dean's response to that was, we had gotten to the point where Nixon had done so many positive things for the nation. And, and we don't think about that, that we determined that it was, it was in the best interest of the country that regardless of the fact that he was paranoid, delusional, and probably drunk, it was in the better interest of the country that for our national security, he'd be reelected. And so we were willing to do anything to get him reelected. And, and from the life of me, it is hard for me to accept that that's the reason for Watergate. But it is that people got so willing to believe something that wasn't necessarily so. I mean, at what point, I mean, if yes, prime minister taught us nothing, right? It taught us that no politician really makes that much of a difference. Do they? Because they're not there. It's, there's this whole, there's a, one of the first episodes of yes, prime minister is about the nuclear deterrent, right? Yeah. You, you won't use the button. Why won't I use the button? Because the Russians will never make you use the button. Well, they probably know that I probably wouldn't, but they can't positively know that I probably, probably wouldn't. Um, that was like the best scene, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause they did it with (laughs) crack. No. Nixon did all these things. And, and I don't think we can, I don't think we can bypass that. I mean, I lived through that era. I grew up with duck and cover drills. Okay. Same here. Nixon did some things that brought detente into reality. Okay. His opening up of China. Now, of course, today, that's not <laughs> going to be respected. <laughs> but, but his opening up of, of communist China, his meeting with the Russians, his detente with, 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 uh, Brezhnev and the likes of that. There were some things that, that really stand out that ending Vietnam in, in a way, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't end it the way he wanted to end it because he wanted to drop a nuke on North Vietnam and end it, but he got talked out of that one. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> there's tape. There's tape. Oddly enough, there's tape yeah. of him <laughs> saying, well, how many people will die if we drop a nuke on him? And Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, who is known for being something of a hawk, is kind of taken aback going, well, that's not, this is not a good idea, Mr. President. (laughs) Anyway, point being that you start looking at politics in that vein, you end up with Watergate. And yet today, our politics is almost looked at entirely in that vein. We look at the other side as existentially bad, evil. Yeah. If they're elected, the country is ruined. And the other yeah, side looks at exactly our side right. and says, well, if they're elected, the country is ruined. And so how far are we willing then to go to get our side in power in a way that may or may not necessarily then break a few rules? And if that was the reason for Watergate, are we really that far from another one? No. How many special prosecutors have we had since Ugh. since 96? Well, Congress is starting another investigation. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Don't you know he could have he could have stopped the, the coronavirus? Don't you know that? Don't you know that this is Trump's fault? Don't you know that? Well, here's what I know. 
I know that it wouldn't matter who the president was. If it was Hillary Clinton right now, you know what the Republicans would be doing? Running an investigation as to why Hillary Clinton ignored. That's exactly right. Alarms about the coronavirus. That's the lesson of Watergate to me is that we have become, we've allowed ourselves to become so focused on politics and power that we've forgotten that it really doesn't matter who the president is. Well, we, we have a nation that functions. Now, the problem is that so much of what has started to happen has happened in secret. There are some things, I mean, Rod, if we had the time, we could get into some of the things that Nixon did that forced detente on the Russians. I mean, they're, have you ever heard of Project Azorian? No, I have not. Okay. So this is the Russian submarine, the Gulf II submarine, the K-129 that sank in the Pacific Ocean that Howard okay. Hughes built the Glomar Explorer to go out and get. Right? Yeah. So there is a, it's kind of a, a throwaway thing in the world. Oh, the the, uh, the CIA tried to raise the sunken Russian submarine and they only got a third of it and blah, blah, blah. But there's far more to that story that's implied if you know what you're looking at and if you're connecting dots and things like that, they go, oh, shortly after that became public is when the Russians went, yeah, you're right, we should probably have detente. We should probably <laughs> agree to that. And there's some reasons why. So you look at that and you go, okay, yeah, Nixon did some great things, but what did we do to do those things? And if we're willing yeah. to go that there, then why are we worried now about a constitution? Why are we worried about a sheriff now telling people to remove Instagram posts if we're willing to basically commit an act of war to get our way. Hmm. Hmm. In 19 October of 1973, you got the Yom Kippur war. Okay. Egypt, Syria invade Israel and Israel is beaten. I mean, they're, they're going to lose. Nixon starts flying in and, and this is in the middle of Watergate. Okay. So the investigations are going on. All this Nixon starts flying in supplies to Israel. Constant 24-hour-a-day Berlin airlift kind of thing, right? Well, this pisses off the Russians because the <laughs> Russians are allied with Syria and Egypt. Sure. They're allies. So it pisses them off. Now, this is after all the detente, all that stuff has happened. Egypt is kind of its own little world. But Syria is very closely, does this sound familiar? Syria, very closely allied with Russia yes. in 1973. But Syria gets its ass kicked. I mean, literally gets its butt kicked uh, in, in the end. And after the war is over, while they are still negotiating the ceasefire and the, the permanent ceasefire and all that, Russia announces, we're going to move some troops into Syria. <laughs> So in October of 1973, in Syria, Syria, the same Syria we're still yeah. biddling about around now, the, the United States goes to DEFCON 3 for only the second time in our history because Nixon has the world convinced that the Russians are going to invade Israel through Syria and whether <laughs> or not we should put U.S. troops on the ground in Israel. This is in the middle of Watergate. Yeah. I mean... If we're willing to go to World War III to get out of a political entanglement, you know, what, what can we and can't we believe, I guess? 
that answer your question? I know your question was about you know, something else, but does it answer it or not? Did I answer the question? Uh, or not? I think so. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> Tangent. It's fascinating to me, man. I'm seeing names I haven't it's seen cool. in 40 years. Archibald Cox, who died recently, as I recall, but I don't know. That's what I'm watching. What are you watching? I'm still going through Arrested Development. I love that show. That's a funny show. It is hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I blew myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of those shows. That it's like it's like the movie Airplane. You know, yeah. Airplane came out in 1980. I watch it now, and I still find stuff I have never seen before. Yeah. And, and well, the thing about those shows is that they're they're just pure entertainment. There's no message. It's just, they're making fun of everything and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, same thing with Seinfeld. Seinfeld was the same way. It was. It was about nothing. though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. George Bluth, man. <laughs> Job. Yeah. A musician, a magician named Gob. Yeah. That's so funny. Buster's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Buster is just, I got to go play army. Have you gotten to season four yet? I have not. I'm still. Okay. I'm still working my way through the, the first season. It's it's slow because right. there's the hallmark channel in between. Lord, <laughs> season four is where they end up. Um, it's after the TV part's been canceled. It's just Netflix. Yeah. Season four is where they end up uh, after Trump is elected. So they're they're kind of playing on the 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 border wall thing. Yeah. And George and Lucille hit on this idea to build the wall, and they're sure. going to get the stimmy money. The stimulus yeah. money. And so yeah. everything is about, I need some stimmy. I need some stimmy. I need some stimmy. Give me some of that stimmy. <laughs> and that's all I could think about last week when these checks were starting to roll out. Yeah. Give me some stimmy. What you going to spend your stimmy on? What caliber is your stimmy coming in? Because <laughs> nobody is going to do, everybody's taking these checks and doing whatever they want with them. They're not, Yeah. you know, it's like the $300 from Bush. What were we supposed to do with that? Run by a big screen. Keep shopping. That's what we're supposed keep, to do. Keep shopping. Yeah. Don't stop shopping. Three hundred bucks. What are you supposed to do with that? Well, yeah, back. Yeah. Bought some groceries, gas, and paid a few bills. I mean, yeah. Kind of what I'm doing with Mars. What I'm doing with our stimmy is we're getting, you know, we're getting caught up on bills and. Yay. Yeah. Not even yeah. enough. Not even enough to pay the mortgage. One way. Yeah. That sucks. But they'll have to do it again because we're still not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and when will we go to work? When the emergency is over. In other words, we don't know. Oh, we know. Just like Nixon, it'll be when Trump is gone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait. We have to get to the next election, I think. <sighs> but but how are we going to do that? We, we, the Republican, the conservative. Okay, I was ready to wrap this up, but now we now we're on to another thing here. So we want to vote by mail, right? Yeah. But then the one side says you can't vote by mail because that that leads to fraud, and the other side's like, well, if you don't vote by mail, then you're you're going to be exposing people to death by making them go to a place and vote. And yeah. again, haven't we been voting by mail for years now? In California, it's kind of mandated now. Has anybody yet, and, and again, I'm a conservative, I'm on the right, has anybody shown me any definitive evidence of a major election actually being 
stolen by massive voter fraud. Now, I, I'm not going to say that there isn't a little bit here and there, because there is. But yes. Other than 1960, when Nixon lost to Kennedy, which is what really pissed him off to start with, which made him, <laughs> which made him crave more power because he wasn't going to lose to those liberal elites again. Has anybody really shown me that that's happened? I keep hearing uh, about it. but uh, There's no evidence that it's happened. So anyway, I don't know if we're going to have an election or not. I mean, I'm not trying to panic anybody. Here, no, it might no. still be an emergency. Going on. Voting might cause cancer. <laughs> I better stop. Licking the stamp could be deadly. <laughs> then it would have a carcinogen warning on it, wouldn't it? Prop 65. Yep. Licking this stamp might be might be hazardous to your health. It might not be good for you. Don't do it. That and envelopes. Do. Don't lick envelopes. God, I hate that. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's like, so I don't know, right? I mean, you look at it, you go, okay, again, the reality is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But everything is so polarized extreme that the other side is evil. My side is, you know, saintly. And the other side thinks exactly the same thing of you. And so that is the breeding ground for water. Yeah. That is the breeding ground for people justifying actions that are extra legal, extra extra constitutional, not curricular, but extra constitutional that people then use to justify behavior that is antithetical to what we actually believe, what we say yeah. we believe. Well, we all say it. We love the country. We love the Constitution. But if it means getting rid of that guy, I don't like. Mm. Yeah. Little bit's not going to hurt, right? We need to stop picking sides. <laughs> yeah, but how do you do that? That's It's like this whole thing about, well, when this single thing's over, we need to buy American. Okay, I agree with you. You need to buy American, but are you going to be willing to pay American prices for stuff? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason all this manufacturing went overseas in the first place, right? Well, yeah. And, and it isn't because we were all doing a great job of buying American. Yeah. So It's economics. Yeah. Who knows what the whole thing's going to be? We'll, we'll see how the whole world changes, because I'm pretty sure it's going to. And that's part of what scares me a little bit. I don't know how much it's going to change. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, but next week we're going to talk about something else, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd like to think we would, but I got a feeling this is. Uh, I don't know. I'll try to figure something out. Okay. Maybe I'll, we'll talk I'll, about. I'll look for some articles too. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about baseball next week. Okay. It's going to be a great or season. Some, we can do a top ten of something. Yeah. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. We'll see you next week, everybody. Don't resuscitate us. I don't want to live through this again. Thank you.